Uncertain Times by Melissa Hogarty. One week before the first case of COVID-19 was confirmed in our school district, I made a list of all the pantry and freezer-friendly foods I could think of and dragged my family to the grocery store. That day, we filled two grocery carts to the brim and spent more money than I'd like to recall on dried beans and canned tomatoes, sacks of flour, and boxes of cereal. At first, I was relieved and satisfied. I'm not usually the kind of girl who stocks up. I refuse to join Costco, and I have a special happy dance for using up all the food in my fridge, save condiments. But this time, I had gone out on a limb. I had prepared my family for the possibility of being quarantined in our homes. It wouldn't be pretty, but we wouldn't starve. The next day, I remembered that our laundry detergent was half used up, and I decided we couldn't live without extra frozen vegetables and ground turkey. I am a vegetarian. And I dragged my daughters back to the store. I repeated that pattern every single day for the whole week. I developed two faces, one that laughed with her friends over the phone about how I had gone off the deep end, and another much more fearful one who was still shoving more and more pantry staples into her laundry room. I was now the proud owner of enough peanut butter to choke a horse. But in my defense, I only bought one pack of toilet paper. I'm not prescient. I hardly ever even read the news. And given my reaction to learning a highly contagious virus is circling ever closer, you can probably guess why. I tend to panic. I find myself filled with absolute dread every time I learn about a new horrible thing one of my fellow humans has said or done. My fragile heart can't see a way toward holiness and joy when I am aware of all the hurt and destruction that cycles through day in and day out. So I pretend to be a turtle and hide myself away. I am grateful to the friends who make this possible by pointedly sharing things I absolutely have to know, like the fact that a deadly virus is sweeping the globe. Now that it's here, I can't look away. Now closing my eyes feels just as scary as keeping them open. I had to slam my freezer shut and lean on it hard to keep it closed. I couldn't stop looking up listicles about vegetables with long shelf lives. But I didn't want anyone else to know I had turned into a closet doomsday prepper, so I cautiously kept sending my son to school. He started going to a very small private school a few months ago, and I didn't want to interrupt his new routine unless I had to. But I wish I had prepared him for the way fear spreads, just like a virus. One kid fills up, and before you know it, the entire playground is full of small children who are worried about becoming orphans. Mom, my son began calmly as we drove away from school. Yes, buddy, I called to the back seat, navigating around a narrow turn on the two-lane road toward home. I'm kind of worried about the coronavirus. Oh, why is that? My mind immediately began racing. How can I reassure him? How can I calm his heart? I'm ashamed to admit it, but scripture never once entered my mind. I employed a strategy of deny, deny, deny. I got so wrapped up in taking care of this virus situation myself, I forgot I have a father in heaven who loves me and my son and every single other human literally more than life. Literally. As in, he died rather than leave us in a broken and wretched state. And then he's so powerful that he didn't even stay dead. If he loves me that much and has that much power, he's a secure place to let go of my fears. But I wasn't thinking about God when my son said, I'm not so much worried for me because I heard that kids aren't getting sick, but I heard old people are, 
So what if you and daddy get sick and die? Oof. Also, ouch, did he just lump me in with the elderly and infirm? I proceeded to refute his fears, telling him we were going to be just fine and we are strong and he has nothing to worry about. He realized he would probably go live with cousins if we die and decided he would get to play all the Mario Odyssey he wants at their house. And by then he was too busy talking about Mario to worry about anything else. Confirmed cases of COVID-19 in our county, three. The governor decided all schools in our state should close for two weeks. We ran out of fresh fruit. My husband started talking about buying a decibel meter to measure the thunderous noise our children produce constantly. Earlier this year, I resolved to memorize 52 new Bible verses, one for each week in 2020. Here we are, halfway through March, and I've memorized only one. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73, 26. I need this verse on repeat. I also have a few other pertinent verses drifting through my mind, like the one where Jesus proclaims, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world from John 16, 33. I love the encouragement to have a heart for God at all times, a heart that trusts. I want to tuck myself under the shadow of God's wings and refuse to be anxious. God is not surprised by this virus, nor any other kind of pandemic, from violence to greed to apathy. He is not surprised, and he is not defeated. I want to fill my children up with more than food. I want to fill them with the knowledge that the God of the universe knows our needs. He may not provide in the ways we expect, we of little faith and fragile bodies, but he is not absent. I don't know whether my family will get sick or if we are already on the clock, incubating an illness that will bounce around inside our walls for weeks. But I do know what I want my kids to remember from this outbreak. I want them to remember that we trusted God in uncertain times, that we talked about him diligently when we sat in our house and when we lay down and when we rose, that we believed he is our redeemer forever. Thank you so much, Melissa. I am grateful to have you speaking on this topic, sharing on this topic for our community and would really love to ask you a few questions just about how your family's been responding to the pandemic. And so first, I'd love to ask, what are you doing for yourself to relieve stress and cope with the challenges that have come as a result of the pandemic? Um, For myself, Honestly, I'm trying to prioritize sleep. Um, I have learned through many hard experiences that I'm a monster if I don't sleep and I can't be a monster if we're all trapped in the same house together. So I've been taking a lot of naps and trying to make sure I get to sleep on time. Pretty much every night I fall asleep at like 8.30, which is ridiculous and old lady-ish, but you know, I think it helps. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great. And I haven't been super good about getting to bed early, but I've been trying to not stay up extra late. Yeah scrolling and other things. Yes. (laughs) So, um, but I'd love to know what else are you prioritizing and what things are you ignoring during this time? Like just in in order to keep peace in your home. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that anybody who knows me would probably tell you I'm very bad at letting things go. So, um, I haven't been letting a lot of things go or ignoring a lot of things at this point, but I do think we've been, I've been prioritizing just trying to keep things tidy because we are all in the same space you know, day in and day out at this point, and we're not really going anywhere. And so um, I know that 
when we can find things and when it's not just real cluttered, we do tend to respond more calmly. And I don't know if it's helping or not. There have been a lot of like high tense moments around our house, but I think that's one thing that I've been trying to make sure I stay on top of is just making our home a welcoming space since it's the only space that we're going to be in for the foreseeable future. Yeah. One thing I've noticed we've had to do at our house is just something that we used to do on a daily basis is try to clear the house of clutter, trash, stray toys that are every which direction (laughs) and, you know, like reset once a day. And now I feel like we have to reset like five times a day just to maintain some level of peace because Mm -hmm. If it's not all put away as as soon as it is done with, like each meal and each activity, we really don't have any extra space to start something new or yeah. do the thing. And usually we're, you know, coming and going from the house to an activity or mm-hmm. and you could let it go house. a little bit if you're not around it constantly. But yeah. Yeah. We've started having like clear off times before meals and and whatnot. Yeah. And that's it's been good, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you had any meaningful moments of connection with your kids in the past week that really stand out to you? I mean, we we have definitely spent a lot more time together than we usually do. But actually, as a result of writing this essay and kind of realizing I hadn't done a great job of really talking about who God is and who God is even in the midst of uncertain times, um, we did have a really sweet little family devotion. We talked about Luke 12 in, in that section where he talks about, do not be anxious and you know who of you by being anxious can add an hour to his life and sort of at the very end of that section it talks about um Jesus says that you know God it's God's good pleasure to provide for us and that was we don't do a whole lot of family devotions cuz my kids are a little bit young and their attention spans are a little short so we don't do a whole lot of that but i felt like that was a really good a really sweet time you know that stands out in my memory is we want to invest in in God and we want to know that who he is matters even in uncertain times and that he cares for us even when we're feeling anxious. So that's one that stands out, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. Um, I'd love to know what is one activity your kids have loved doing this week that has kept them happily occupied while at home? Um, Anytime they go outside in our backyard, they are just delighted. I think they're so excited to leave the walls of our house. Um, So that's one, but they've also been really into puzzles. So we've done a whole lot of puzzles and I think they take up a lot of time. My son has a 3D puzzle that he's working on in his room and he'll just go work on it for like an hour or two at a time, just quietly by himself, which is a miracle, I think. Yeah. So that's been good. We've done a lot of reading and a lot of games. So good. Yeah. Well, you have already shared a couple, but is there any other quote or scripture that you return to in stressful times that you'd want to share with our audience? One of my very favorite verses um, is in Psalm 61. And gosh, I forget the beginning, but the part that always goes through my head over and over is um, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I love that, especially, you know, in this really overwhelming time, I think that it's really um, a meaningful one to remind me that there is a rock um, that I can, I can lean on and that God is higher than I am. So, um, yeah, that's one that I really enjoy and is reassuring for me. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It's been a pleasure to have you today. And thank you for continually pouring into our community. I'm glad to do it. You are a gift and we appreciate you so much. Thanks. Well, I appreciate you too, Emily. Thank you so much for having me.